Hi, my name is Emily Milling. Hey, and I'm Jenny Tang, and this is Her Name Is. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We're a podcast about creative women uh, that you should know about, and most of them are from Toronto or surrounding area. And we love to celebrate women, (laughs) and that's why we put this show together. So this month, uh, we interviewed a couple of women from the Muff Society, and the Muff Society is a film screening monthly series that happens in Toronto. It happens in a few other cities around the globe as well. Um, and this particular group was founded by Sharon Melton. Um, she's since moved to uh, London, England, but the group was taken over, or sorry, it was passed on to Lisa Gallagher, who is the producer for the series now, along with Rochelle Charcot um, and a few other women that you'll hear from later today in the episode. So we interviewed the women of the Muff Society at um, a screening, and it was actually the launch of a new series that I put on called a Real Talk. Um, so what they do is they screen a a film, then the film that we happened to be at was Nine to Five, uh, and then they hold a panel afterwards. And we were, um, they re- had reached out to us to be on the panel, so that was very exciting. Um, and then afterwards, we had a chance to talk to the women for the podcast. It was a really great experience. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel I think that was only the second time I've been in- invited to speak on a panel, um, but it was. I mean, although it got a little bit heated at times, and I think panels like that should, um, it was a really great experience to sit among some really smart and talented women and talk about our own experiences uh, working in general workplaces, um, not just specifically creative industries, but everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was my first time being on the panel, um, and I re- I look forward to the other panel discussions that they will be holding, uh, so be sure to check them out. So we we discussed our own personal experiences being a woman in the workplace, and after the movie, we decided, you know, really things hadn't changed that much. Uh, if you haven't seen the film, it's set in the early 1980s, and it's about a group of women who um, decide that their boss is too much of a misogynistic jerk Mm. and they hold him captive and decide hey we're gonna like we're gonna leave him until he acquiesces to all of our demands so they change the working hours so they're more flexible for people for the women in the workplace who have to uh, pick up their kids from school or drop them off Um, they change the policies on simple things like decorating your desk with pictures of your kids um, and they make it a lot more flexible for everyone working there and not just women, but they, the movie makes a point to show that um, people with different abilities are also uh, an essential part of the conversation, um, if you notice in the background. Although the film doesn't really touch on um, the experiences of marginalized communities and um, people of color as much, it does really highlight uh, the difficulties that women had to face in the workplace. Um, And watching the movie and looking back on it, I can absolutely say things really haven't changed. No, and I was actually just thinking about that as you were going through the points of the movie. Uh, The movie, as you mentioned, was from the early 80s, and we're now 2016. And... the, the, the things that they were trying to fight for, I feel we are definitely still trying to work towards that now. It has gotten a little better, 
but um, I can say that having worked in, uh, in I've worked in certain I've worked in industries where uh, things like that still very much exist. Um, uh, like I've heard of this one person who had to go pick up her child from daycare, and then her boss said to her, "You know, if you're really serious about this." Uh, he essentially was insinuating that she wasn't serious about becoming a journalist or her her profession because she had to go pick up her child or something like that. So it's just things like that that still happen. And I think uh, it can be difficult to fight for those sort of things because you, f- you, have, you fear for your job as well, um, which was something that was brought up at the panel. But I feel like now we're a little more aware of it would you say? I would say so. Um, like, one of the panelists shared her experiences. She's an actor, and she had been asked on numerous occasions uh, just to do mm-hmm. a costume change in front of everyone on the set. Like, like that is a thing for someone to feel comfortable doing. Um, but I, I definitely feel like even a couple of years ago, um, my own personal experience working the front desk of a hotel, um, I was told, I was put on probation or my probation was extended because I wasn't friendly enough and that to me was insane at the time I I couldn't imagine that because I like really made huge efforts to say hi and be cheery to literally everyone that walked past I mean I'm sure occasionally I was not like the happiest person but isn't that everybody anyway So they said I wasn't friendly enough, so they extended my probation, which meant I couldn't get on benefits and I couldn't have a raise in salary. Um, And I realized uh, after the general manager told me, you know why we hired you, right? So that businessmen can see a pretty face at the end of the day. I realized that my my worth was being put way below the the comfort of men like their needs were being prioritized over mine I legitimately have no idea why they would choose this route but anyway you, you get what I'm saying right like they told me straight out oh they just they just want to see a pretty face at the end of the day and that happens to be you little lady and I'm like okay this is this seems pretty wrong and you know and a, a lot of people at the hotel told me you know pick your battles this isn't the one you want to fight maybe go fight it somewhere else. And I was thinking like, that's terrible. Why would, why is this the mentality? It's, you know, like it, it's as though women's issues aren't valid and to, to still so many people. And I feel like that's where we have a lot of work to do. And I feel like that's a huge part of why we do this podcast is because we want to elevate women's voices and make sure that they're heard. That's why we profile them. That's why we say these people are doing amazing things, not just because they are women, but because they are really cool people, man. Like if you've heard the backlog of our podcast and all of the super inspiring things that people have told us about, it's just absolutely mind blowing how much talent there is. And to, to tell a woman, hey, like, you know, you're not smiling enough, you're not friendly enough, but she's doing a damn good job at her career. Like, how is how does this equate? You know what I mean? I like to rant about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, and as you should, because uh, more people need to hear about it, I think. Yeah, and I, 
we always each with each of the women we interview we always ask them if they've had to what sort of roadblocks they've encountered as a woman in this sort of, in whatever industry that they work in and I we found that what whatever industry you're in most of them encounter the exact same problems so uh just putting it out there to any to all women who are in their industry whatever industry it may be if they're experiencing something they are not alone and that there are many other people that are experiencing it as well and hopefully how these women that we've showcased um how they've overcome it or how they're learning to overcome it can help you out as well definitely um I know uh, one of our guests today, Emily Gagne, talks a lot about apprehension um, in getting into the film industry in general because it there is a lack of women. It's very dominated by men. And it wasn't until she saw other women um, winning awards, winning Oscars for the kind of work that she felt that she wanted to do that she thought she could actually do it. So it took her a lot longer to get into the industry versus Um, A number of my friends who are filmmakers who are really young, they just went for it. Um, I don't know a lot of female filmmakers, and now I do, thanks to the Muff Society, which is awesome. Um, So that's, I think that's a really important thing to note as well. You know, we feel in our hearts that we can do something, but we hold back because we don't think we belong. And, and that's another super essential thing that I say literally every time I describe this podcast to someone. If you don't see it, you don't feel like you can also be it. So hopefully this podcast can show everyone like, hey, there, there's no, there's nothing stopping you. You know, there's a lot of other women that have done the same thing and it can be really scary, um, but it's, it's a process and, and you'll hear that through the stories of everyone throughout the show that like you, it just takes time to get there, but you can do it. And on that note, even if you feel like it's too late, it's actually never too late. Um, yeah. So if you feel in your heart, in your guts, this is getting really cheesy, but if that's what you're feeling, then you should definitely go for it because it's absolutely never too late. And so with that, we would like to introduce you to the Muff Society. Um, You'll hear from all of our amazing guests, and there's actually a couple of other women who uh, weren't able to take part in the podcast recording, Um, but uh, we're going to mention them on our blog post, and you can check out their work as well. They do so many different amazing things. They're photographers, they're writers, they're all over the place. These are people that you need to check out and learn more about and watch them because they're going to do really amazing things in the next few years. Um, And with that, this is the Muff Society on Her Name Is. Hey, this is Sharn Melton. I'm the founder and creative director of the Muff Society. What inspired me to start the Muff Society was admittedly super selfish. I wanted to have a film series in Toronto that had sparkles and a photo booth. And I wasn't sure how long it would run, but I had to go ahead to do something for a couple of months to see how it would work out. And I really saw that there was a lack of that kind of interactiveness in um in screenings and a kind of sense of community and also just a lack of celebrating 
women in film, whether that was chick flicks or fun films or whatever kind of film. I really wanted to bring that sense of celebration back. And that's kind of how the Muff Society started. And the feedback and initial reactions were so strong and and supportive that I decided to really dig into the the women in film angle of it and not so much just the fun girly film angle of it. But our motto has always been fun and celebration. And I've wanted to keep that throughout the two years we've been growing because I find that when it comes to uh, women in the film industry, there's a lot of criticism, and rightly so, there should be. But I feel that sometimes there's just a lack of celebration and fun and just getting out and actually seeing films. It's one thing to talk about the films that aren't doing their job, but we need to go out and see films too, because if we're not seeing films or talking about films in a positive way, then you know we're not growing communities or or anything like that. And ultimately, what I love about Muff, the Muff Society is that people still, when they go to a screen, might be thinking, oh, I had no idea a woman directed that, or oh, I had no idea that a woman edited that. And that's kind of the the wall that I really want the Muff Society chip away at is people who don't realize that Catherine Bigelow directed Point Break or Thelma Schoonmaker edited Goodfellas or pretty much all of Scorsese's films or, you know, certain people producing things. And I, I really want people to open their eyes and really start to realize just how involved women have been in the film industry um, and it's still not enough and how involved they currently are and then how much more involved they could be in the future. And I'm hoping that Muff kind of gets to have a hand in that. The greatest success so far to me has been um, sort of the the growth of Muff and um, and what we've been able to accomplish in Toronto and in our other cities when we were there. And that to me has been all of the other organizations and festivals and, um, and other series and societies that we've co-partnered with or helped promote, um, like uh, Christy Pitts Film Festival or working with TIFF or right now we're working with the Goeth Institute to help promote a series of theirs. Because like I've said many times, Muff isn't the only women film voice in Toronto, um, and it shouldn't be, and um, we want to help promote and support and celebrate all the other amazing things that people are doing to help support women in the film industry. And the fact that we've gotten to partner with all these really rad organizations is just amazing and so humbling to me. I think the other thing that I'm most proud of and has been incredibly successful has been our Mini Muff program, which is our short film program. And basically what that is, we screen one short film prior to our feature film before um, our regular Muff Society screenings. And we profile the filmmaker on our website with um, an interview and and just getting to show audiences a short film from a filmmaker that they may never see otherwise and someone they can keep an eye out for for future work is amazing to me and um, I'm very humbled that that's another thing that I get to show um, our community and our audiences and that to me is such a tangible way to sort of help promote women in the film industry and so again super duper happy with how that's grown. I have a super weird relationship with film because I only really got into it in the last six or seven years. I didn't grow up loving film other than of course Disney films and uh and all the quintessential 90s films, but I wasn't digging through old Scorsese films or discovering directors. I was just uh, your very traditional suburban um, film goer. I'd go see movies with my family on the weekend, sometimes as a treat. Um, that's what you get for growing up in the Midwest in the 90s. Not a lot of access to uh, interesting or unique things. And I think it was really when 
when the internet and YouTube started taking off and being so much more accessible that I was able to access other things. I was watching trailers to small indie films and and getting exposed to all these things. And when I lived outside of Toronto in my teen years, I, I had the ability to go to a big city and and see lots of um, you know smaller indie films. And then I worked at my first film festival in 2010 and got hooked on them. And what I loved about film festivals is what I love about the film community in general and what I try to bring to Muff, which is that real sense of excitement and and community that you get from being in an audience at a film festival. Everyone there either works in film or loves film or writes about film or does whatever with film. And they're all generally pretty excited to be there. And I've made so many friends at film festivals just from talking to the person next to me and getting their ideas about something. And the ability for a filmmaker to also tap into that um, is just so special and amazing. And I love that feeling. And you can't really get that feeling when you're going to the Cineplex or the AMC or the Cineworld or wherever you're going, you, you just people like you would be crazy if you turned around and started chatting with someone about the film you're about to see. But at a film festival, it's a little more acceptable and you're just really in film world. And that sort of feeling is what motivated me to start working at more film festivals. And I traveled for two years across the uh, U.S. working at film festivals. And, and I still work at um, a couple, but mostly now um, I do the Muff Society as my way to tap into the film industry. And I've recently started doing more writing for film at films at film festivals, which is exciting. It's something I hadn't done before. Um, so I, if I'm not watching films or doing Muff Society or writing about them, I'm probably sleeping. And that's the point where I'm at now. My name is Andrea Zeidenberg. I am a post-production coordinator and I also am the newsletter queen and head dancer of the Muff Society. I would say that um, it's important to network and find a community of like-minded people, people you respect and like to work with, and you'll just constantly be helping each other out and you never know when someone who like comes in as a PA, their next project, they're the producer. So be kind to everyone and also be open to um, working with different people. But especially I think just like figure out who you like to work with and you know stick by each other, defend each other, bring each other onto projects. There is obviously so many different ways to get started. A lot of people these days go to school, whether college or university, which is not necessary at all though it does provide you with a skill set and a chance to network before you're out there in the real world. So it is good, but it is not necessary because, I mean, unfortunately a lot of people are looking for free work. So you can start off on a lot of short films, low budget films as a PA, ask questions, figure out what position is the most attractive to you and really like talk to as many people as possible to get an idea of how they feel they, their career is gone. But also, like, I find a lot of people can be jaded in this industry and you just have to be positive and um, just try a lot of different things. And then when you know what works, stick with that and be confident about it. Don't say, I'm a producer, with a question mark, which I've been guilty of. Just say, I'm a producer, period. Believe in you.
Emily Gagne, um, and I am a producer of Muff, the Muff Society's Real Girl Talk series, which is a series of uh, discussion-based screenings. So there's screening, and then there's a discussion about the content of screening. I also um, am the founder of Cinefi, which is C-I-N-E-F-I-L-L-E-S, which is a blog um, about all women writing about films. And then I also am the co-founder of a new production company called Spooky Bee Films. Um, Spooky, the letter B, films. And, uh, and so I'm just starting to try to do some films, particularly based in the horror genre and uh, with women protagonists. Uh, so I'm new to like actually working in the film industry, but um, I feel like part of the reason why I am new to it and why it's taken me so long to get into the film industry is because I was scared and I didn't think that that was something I could do. Like when I was a kid, I like I was like I want to do something in film. Should I be an actress? I knew I couldn't be an actress. I was like I am too scared for that, and I'm also not good at acting. But I was like, what else can I do? Oh, nothing. I'll probably just write about film. I'll be a film critic. And it's totally great to be a film critic, but I don't think that's what I wanted to do. I think I wanted to be a director. But I don't think that I was getting the message that I could do that. Um, and then as I started to critique more films and see all these great film directors, like someone like Catherine Bigelow, who's been doing it for a long time, does so many diverse things and like films that like are dude, quote unquote dude films, like, and she's done them. So I was like, you know, I think um, it took me a long time to really realize that I just could be in the industry and that's a struggle in itself. Now that I'm in the industry, um, there's lots of struggles in terms of like, you know, writing women and getting people to understand that this is a story that needs to be told and, uh, you know, getting people to understand that, like, why I don't want to have a girl with her top off, even though this is a horror movie and that happens a lot, I'm not going to stand for that, you know? So um, it's really an educational process because I'm still new to it, but I think, like, there are a lot of um, issues that I'm going to face and I'm still figuring them out, but there's a lot just even getting into the film industry, I think. I don't know what my aha moment was. Like, I might bring it back to Catherine Bigelow because, like, when I saw her win an Oscar, I was like, oh my God, like, I can not only do this, but I can, like, rock it, you know? And even more so, and I think people make fun of me for this, which I think is totally wrong, but, like, when Diablo Cody won for Juno, I also got really excited because I was like, this is, like, a girl that's, like, a girl that wrote Juno in Target. Like, she wrote it in the Starbucks at Target. And she now has an Oscar. And she's like, if you put your mind to it, no matter where you are, no matter what stage you're at, like, you can do it. You just have to, like, try it. And you know what? It might not even work the first time. It might not work the second time. But, like, you got to keep trying and putting it out there, even if it's just for you. My name is Lisa Gallagher. I'm the programmer and producer of the Muff Society in Toronto. Um, I also work in film festivals around Toronto. I'm the social media coordinator for Toronto After Dark. I'm the volunteer coordinator for uh, Blood in the Snow Film Festival. I also work at Hot Docs. I've worked as a venue foha uh, at the Bloor Cinema the last two years. One of the things I'm really proud of uh, in the Muff Society is that I brought in the Mini Muff program, which is our local short film program, uh, and we play a local female-directed, female-written, uh, et cetera, uh, short film before all of our features. 
Um, and that was something I started by myself and set up by myself. Um, one of my other girls uh, in the Muff Society programs for it now. Um, but I was really proud that we brought that in and we've had a lot of success with that. And I, I don't know if there's anything I wish that I knew. I think a lot of where I am now and like who I am now in this industry has come from learning those things as I've, as I've gone along. I mean, I, I feel like I already knew, like, you just grow up as a woman and you know that everything is harder. So, <laughs> like, you enter any job and you just assume it's going to be harder than, than, you know, it is for someone else, uh, being men. Uh, and, and it is. And you're like, well, that's what I expected. <laughs> so, I don't, know, I don't know if there was anything specifically that I didn't know. There's a lot of learning, obviously, but it, I don't think there's anything specific that, that, I, that I would have needed to know beforehand. <laughs> Rochelle Charcot. Um, with the Muff Society, I'm the co-producer with Lisa Gallagher. Um, I also help out with the blog editing, so when people um, send in uh, their like pieces about um, like female-created film that they're really passionate about, I'll be the one who helps get that onto the website. Um, but otherwise, um, I do PR for the Royal Cinema. Um, I also run another series at the Royal called Retropath. Um, I'm a personal assistant at Alter 8 Pictures, I write for Rumorg Magazine, and I write for Broken Pencil Magazine, and I think that's it. So something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is, um, so when I was younger I used to be like a really like voracious fiction writer, and I always felt like I kind of identified as that being like just a part of me. And moving to Toronto, and maybe being just kind of inundated with like the fact that like it, it costs a lot to live here and just like really being focused on my career and um, trying to make something like viable out of writing. Um, I'm finding that I'm not as creative lately and like it's I mean you and I have talked about how it's like really exciting to like be doing music soon and like I feel like I feel really excited about that and I think the one thing that because I am in a creative block right now the one thing that I have to kind of keep telling myself is that it's a part of my brain and then if I feed that part of my brain, it'll kind of continue to flourish, but I've kind of let it die off in the last like year and a half. But it's still there, so that's kind of the important thing, I guess. With the uh, creator of Real Girl Talk, uh, which we saw earlier, Emily Gagney, we're um, starting a zine together, which I'm really excited about. Um, it's going to be comprised of uh, short horror stories, so really stoked, yeah. Kind of scared, but I'm stoked. I guess it's good to be scared, but yeah. <laughs> I think that, like, so I've been, like, involved with the Muff Society since January of last year, I think. I don't even know. Time is going by so fast. Um, but I think that the one thing that I'm, that it, it's just really interesting to be able to continually talk about these things, always making sure that you talk about these concepts. And because I'm, like, really involved in the critic world and in the film world, it's, like, it's such a boy's game. But I don't ever stop talking about it. Like, I'll be like, hey, I know about film too. Like, it's literally part of my job. Like, listen to me talk about it. Um, or kind of address situations where um, I feel, like, fetishized, which is disgusting. Um, so I guess going forward, it's like I, I want to see more conversations and more situations where we just, like, address the shit that's fucked up and try to work something towards something that's more comfortable and like safe.
Thank you so much to the Women of the Muff Society for being on our show. It was really great to meet all of you. Um, you can learn more about the Muff Society and any upcoming events at the Muff Society, or sorry, at muffsociety.com. And from there, you can find all of their social media pages. And you can support Her Name Is by following us on Twitter, liking us on Facebook, and rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes. And that one's really, really essential. It helps other people find the show, more listeners like you. Um, and if you like the show, tell a friend and sign up for our newsletter at hernameispodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And we're also open to sponsorship and partnership opportunities. So if you're interested, please send us an email at info at hernameispodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. So if you are or know of a woman in the creative industry in Toronto, we'd love to meet you. You can email us at info at hernameispodcast.com or just get in touch with us through Facebook or Twitter. This episode was produced and edited by us, me, Emily Milling. And me, Jenny Tang. Music was written by Emily and the podcast is a product of Can Make Productions. Thanks for listening. Thank you.